Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. So everybody's coming back online, right? You know, things are getting back to normalcy. People are planning out their summer trips or summer vacations. People are traveling. Remember, there's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. Law enforcement, writing tickets. So why take the risk? Do the smart thing. Start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. Um... Gavin Kinzel, your favorite teams are who? Angels, Chargers, uh, 
what am I missing? Uh, I don't really have a favorite basketball team. I have favorite basketball players. So I always root for Kawhi. He's, uh, he's doing great, but he's, his team isn't right now. And then also uh, Anaheim Ducks as well. Okay. All They're Orange County all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Ramos, your teams? Well, people may just say this is, but this is my team. So Dodgers, Lakers, Rams, and the Kings of Los Angeles. Why would people take issue? I don't know, because they're like, oh, it's all L.A. teams. Like, yeah, that's where I grew up. So (laughs) most fans are like that. Most people listening to us are like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do know there are guys, there are some people like, I like the Lakers. I like the the Columbus Blue Jackets. I like, uh, you know, the San Francisco Giants. why Why do people like the teams that they like? I would say there's like three reasons. Right. I never understood this, by the way. I never understood liking three different teams from three different areas. But, but. Can I, I explain to you? you can expl- yes, I know you're going there. I just wanted to tell you I don't understand it. That's well, I'm going to try and explain to you. Okay. And so it's okay. Um, I grew up, my dad was a New Yorker, right? So my dad's teams, and he grew up in the Bronx and moved out to Long Island. So my dad's teams were the Knicks. Um, the, he loved the Giants. Okay? Even though a lot of guy, people on Long Island liked the Jets, he liked the Giants. And um, he was a Mets guy. Again, a Long Island team, Queens. So th- those were his teams. And then wherever Parcells went, he liked Parcells so much. He was, a, um, so even though I was never really a Giants fan growing up, we watched every Giants game in my house. Like there's a, there's a gentleman who still lives down the street from my mom, Roland. I, I forget Roland's last name. Roland is, a, was an, um, a skins fan. So every year, um, Roland and my dad would have like a, I don't know, they bet 20 bucks or whatever on each Giants Redskins game every year. And so like, it'd be really easy for me in my house to grow up a Knicks fan, a Mets fan and a Giants fan. Why? Those are my dad's teams. Um, I liked the Angels because they were close. I liked the Chargers because they didn't leave when I was like in high school and everybody else left. Uh, I... And, and frankly, I wasn't a big Laker fan as a kid. Not because I didn't like how they play, but like everybody in the 80s in Southern California, everybody was a Laker fan. I was like, I kind of like the Celtics. And then I liked the Bulls before everybody else liked the Bulls. Like I was a hardcore Jordan fan because my dad had worked for Tex Winter, who was an assistant with the Bulls all those years. And of course, then eventually put in the triangle offense. Deb Carson, your, your teams, your the, the teams you actually root for. Now, I'm one of those people John Ramos is talking about. Lifelong Cowboys, hands down. That's my my pro team, my NFL team. College, I grew up a huge Alabama football fan, and then I went to Baylor. So, Bama and Baylor are my uh, college teams. Childhood baseball teams were the Orioles and the Dodgers. Orioles, I grew up, you know, my until I was 10 in the D.C. area. And we also had come out here when I was about five for a Dodgers game. Also, I have a soft spot for the Cardinals because that was my dad's life. Lifelong team, and in the NBA, I became a basketball fan when we lived in Texas. So I don't have a favorite, but I like to watch the Spurs, Mavericks, and Rockets. And then, of course, when I moved out here, enjoy the Lakers and Clippers as well. So I don't have a team in the NBA. Kings fan as far as hockey, though. Yeah. So Oklahoma State, my school. I like Oklahoma State football, basketball. It's been harder because it's uh, Mike Boynton's a, a dear friend, but he's also, and he's a coach of my old mater. So I want them to do well, but it's not my coach and covering the sport. As long as I have, like you have no allegiances. Honestly, if I was to tell you, honestly, Gavin, I don't, 
I honestly don't care about most teams and how they do. Oklahoma State football and Charger football are probably the two in which I will yell at a TV screen. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of good. that with the Chargers. That's, that's, re- yeah. that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> are you kidding me? We lost again? How do we uh, lose that game? And I'll do the wee thing occasionally with that. Abolish kicking. Oh, <laughs> abolish kicking, injuries. Uh, there's a bunch to it. So I say that because as much as we all have teams we're a fan of, when you go to a game, Gavin, what do you like? Let's say you go to, a, and it could be a playoff game. The, the team you're most into is who? Um, Most into would be the Chargers, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So you go to, have you been to a, did you go to a Chargers game the year they were good? Uh. The year you mean the most recent which, year? Which year? Yeah, was they that? were good like two years ago. Was, <laughs> they won twelve games. Um, I didn't go to a game that year. I think I went to a preseason game though. Okay, um, <laughs> that doesn't really count. But when you, I guess the question when you go to a game, like how are you? What do you? Act, yeah, like, I don't know anybody I, look, in my world who acts like the way Knicks fans. Yeah. Some of those guys, the spitting on people no. and the throwing popcorn, like. But you always see that one guy. Yeah, the, and you're like, what's wrong with you? And the craziest thing to me is when I see it at Angel games. I don't see a lot of it at Angel games, but really baseball games. I don't get how people can get that riled up yeah. on a random baseball game. NFL games, I always go in knowing that it can get a little rowdy and people are, you know, way drunker at, at NFL games than anything. But uh, but yeah, I know. And I'm not like a heckler. I don't even like to boo. I don't even like to boo my own team. I, I feel like why, why are you going if you're just going to boo your own team? I, I just... So, so here's what happened last night. The fans are back in some, and, and for the most part, Madison Square Garden's awesome, but they're just, there's a level to it to where you're like, God, you just, you give us the image of being kind of the worst possible type of people. Right? Like I've had a C- Syracuse fan and this is what it's like. What you saw last night is what it's like when Syracuse plays at the garden, you get dudes just, you know, guys from like 25 to 40, just go in there, they start drinking early and they start yelling and cursing at dudes. I don't, I didn't think it would ever get to the level of spitting on somebody, but you know, like once you make it okay to say F Trey Young, like is it really that big a step to go to somebody spitting on him? Again, I, I think spitting on somebody is one of the most vile acts you could actually do. But when you start to allow stuff, this is no different than kids. Right. If you allow little things, then all of a sudden you shouldn't be you shouldn't be surprised when there's big things. Like that. This is here's here's there's a joke in this. I don't know if you guys ever heard this. Um, a husband comes home. He's getting ready. It's Thanksgiving is the next day, so he tells his wife, "Honey, don't worry about ham tomorrow. I picked up a damn ham," and she's like. Honey, we don't use that language in the house. Like, no, look at how it's spelled. It's spelled a little differently. It's a delicious new kind of ham. Oh, okay. So the next night they're at dinner, right? And the husband says like, uh, hey, Jimmy, can, to one of the kids, Jimmy, can you pass me the damn ham? It's like, oh, sure, dad. And now that we're talking that way, can you pass me the effing potatoes, right? It's, it's like one, one of those, once you make it okay on some level, a mild curse word, when when do we draw the line? And that feels like it's happened. Like we're like, oh, fans are back. The energy is back. That's awesome. Oh, oh, F Trey Young. That's cool. Oh, spitting on Trey Young. Too much. This is Russell Westbrook after the game. He had popcorn dumped on him when he left with an injury. I was leaving out and then I just seen so popcorn on top of my head. You know, and to be blatantly honest, man. 
It's getting out of hand, uh, especially for me. Um, just the amount of disrespect, the amount of just fans just doing whatever the to get food thrown on top of me. Um, it's just really. Um, and if I, unfortunately, you know, I couldn't get to the stands, but I just don't. I just don't take that lightly, man. I don't. I, to me, it happens to me a lot of times, and you know, obviously, I've, I've learned to kind of look the other way. But after a certain extent, you can't just keep looking the other way. There has to be some penalties or something to put in place where fans can't just come to the games and do and say as they please because they wouldn't do that anywhere else, any other setting. And I'm sick and tired of it, honestly. Actually, they would do it somewhere else. It would be on, on Twitter. That's the problem with social media, right? That's always been my issue where people are like, oh, you, you can't say that about people. And then and you tweet something about sports and they come at you with some vile personal attack. And, you know, that's like that's part of the part of cancel culture. It's no different than um, the center for was that the Las Vegas Aces who called out the Connecticut Sun coach. He's like, hey, she's 300 pounds. And he's like, yeah, nobody disrespects me, you little white and especially a little white man. Like, OK, the intentionally disrespectful language only fuels it. And look, Russell Westbrook can get triggered. He got triggered by a cell phone going back a couple years ago in Utah. Um, and and the, the simple thing, the very simple thing for people to do or athletes to do, and it's hard to do because you're so emotionally charged is somebody dumps popcorn. You come out and you're like, that's the guy he's out. That's actually where you retake power in the situation. Cause right now, both of the parties, the, the spitter, the alleged spitter from the grassy knoll in New York gets ejected. He's can't come to an end, uh, a Nick game indefinitely. Whereas, the guy who dumped popcorn, he's been, he's now for, I guess for life or, you know, indefinitely suspended. He can't come to an NBA game. But if I was to give advice to Russell Westbrook and give advice to Trey Young, to any of these guys, they have the power and the right, if they want to eject whoever they want. So you feel like you got spit on, you just turn and go, which the guy, that's the guy he's out of here. And then you can just watch him walk away. And that's a powerful feeling. And I, I know these idiots are wrong. Like, I've seen it. I had a guy, a Syracuse fan, challenge me to a fight in front of my son at the Final Four because I was on national TV going, yeah, I don't think they belong in the NCAA tournament. Here's why. Like, what? You know? Th- these are people who they have... I mean, just think of it. We Here we are. We are all avid sports fans. I know Deb is. I, I know John is. I know Gavin is, and I'm an avid sports fan. None of us, even if we had a couple of, if I have a couple of beers at a game, I'm so chill and in such a good place. The only thing I'm mad about if I have a couple of beers at a game is like, it cost me 20 bucks to have two beers. Are you kidding me? Outside of that, I'm in a good place. That's not how I roll. But we all know those guys that have a couple and they have nothing else going on except to be the a-hole. And then they think it's funny. There is also another aspect of fandom. They're the opposite where I've been to games with people like colleagues and they take the game so seriously that they cried after the loss in the yeah, playoffs. I've never and done that. I don't, there's a part of me where I'm like, come on, man, let's just go have a beer and Keep have fun. Like, what are we doing? Keep it together. Yeah. Keep it together. Buddy. <laughs> Keep it together. Mike Trout like, will be back. Why do you lose his emotions? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, you're, like, you're not even in the game. You're crying here. I can't believe we lost. <laughs> that happened on my visit. That was one of the reasons I went to Notre Dame. Uh, I visited Notre Dame, played Michigan in football. 
Michigan won a last-second field goal. It was Ron Paulus' second game as quarterback in Notre Dame. This is fall of 1994. Beautiful day in, I think, September 7th, 1994. You guys can look it up, what the exact date was. And I remember we're, we're going back to Ryan Hoover was my, was my host. We're going back to his dorm room and people were crying like we lost to Michigan. And then my first day as a student, first game as a student, they lost to Northwestern. That was the year Northwestern went to the Rose Bowl, but it's still the idea of losing Northwestern. who was crummy and people were crying. I was like, dude, get it together. You didn't, you didn't go to camp. You didn't go to practice. Like you didn't put your whole life in this. It was just your team, your school that lost a game. Like I love the passion, but keep it together, pal. Keep it together. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. This video went viral over the weekend. Uh, Bruce Kepka was doing an interview with the Golf Channel. Uh, take a listen to him going blank when uh, Bryson DeChambeau walks by. Golf course was asking a lot from you today, Brooks. What were you able to do well and put up that nice number? Just ball struck my way around this place. Um, didn't putt well, but I don't think many guys are going to putt well with this wind. It's it's very tough. I don't, like I said, I don't know what other guys have said. or I just felt it difficult to read. You know, sometimes... Sometimes... Um, I lost my train of thought, yeah. Hearing that. <laughs> All right, this is, yeah, we're starting over. <laughs> we're going to enjoy that at the TV compound. After that announcement was made, the top Brady would be paired. Uh, would be paired with uh, Phil Mickelson. Aaron Rodgers would be paired with Bryson DeChambeau. The 2020 U.S. Open champion is part of a Capital One's match. Kepka reacted on Twitter. Sorry, bro. At Aaron Rodgers 12. And that's just beautiful. Right, because most guys would be like, "Nah, it was about the cleats. It wasn't about Bryson." Everybody knows they don't like each other. Immediately after Kepka sent the tweet to Rogers, Mickelson pitched into the conversation. "Quote: I feel like I'm in the middle of something and should step aside." DeChambeau fired back uh, at Brooks Kepka. B Kepka. It's nice to know I'm living rent free inside your head. Actually, I believe Mickelson's tweet was, "I I should step aside," but. They want the current PGA champion, so I'm going to show up. Like, look, beef is awesome. Give me a reason to watch this thing. I want guys that legit don't like each other. That's what we want. And so even though Phil Mickelson and Bryson were already signed up, they need to get Brooks on this thing. Need to. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jovan Buha joins us uh, from from uh, he's a Lakers reporter for the Athletic. Before we get to Johan, um, jo- Jovan, excuse me. Th- this is this is Chris Broussard yesterday on Steph Curry's future. It's ridiculous. Of course, you resign Steph. The question is, should Steph resign? Which I don't think he should this summer. I think he should wait, play out the last year of his deal. See how good they are next year. Now, I think they'll be good. I think they can be a contender in the West. So if I'm Steph, I play that out. If we contend, maybe go out in the conference finals, seven games in the second round, whatever, then I'm resigning. I think we can win it again later on. If they are a seventh or eighth seed, even with Clay um, and, and Weissman back and all that, then maybe you start looking at uh, other options. Maybe. It's not just, yeah, of course you want to win a championship. But it's not just, oh, if this guy can't, we can't win the championship with this guy, let's let him go. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Jovan Buha joins us uh, on the Doug Gottlieb show. I know, like, look, you know the whole league. I know you cover the Lakers, the athletic. Um, what do you think the likelihood is that Steph Curry ever leaves Golden State is? I think it's, it's pretty low, if not non-existent. Um, you know, I, I think... Depending on the direction, you, you never know. Maybe like later in his career, he goes to Charlotte just to kind of um, play for his hometown team. But to me, he seems like 
a you know, he's cut from the cloth of Kobe and, and Dirk and Duncan of, of just being in one spot for his whole career. He's won multiple championships there. I think actually based on this season, I, I think I'm kind of encouraged about their future, depending on what Clay Thompson looks like once he returns and um, kind of what they can do with that James Wiseman piece and, and what ends up happening with some of their picks. Um, so I, I think Golden State can be a contender potentially uh, sometime within the next two to three years. And I, I don't see Steph leaving that. So, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked. And I, I think if he did leave, it probably would be a Charlotte situation uh, just because it seems like that's been where, where most of the noise has been anytime it's been related to him leaving. But um, he, he seems to me like one of those guys who's going to play 20 years with one team. And um, I think we'll look at him along those lines again of a, of a Kobe, a Dirk or a Duncan. This is Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Trader. That's the voice of Johan Buha, who joins us. Of course, he covers the Lakers for the Athletic. All right, let's let's get into the Lakers. Um, what, knowing this team as well as you do, what did you feel like was the biggest adjustment from Game One to Game Two? I thought it was just the, the mentality and the aggression of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Um, Anthony, I mean. An- AD getting 21 free throws, I thought, was probably the most telling statistic of all, of, of just you know, the, the shift from game one to game two with him attacking the Suns defenders and, and really putting them on their heels. And I think looking more like the AD we saw two and a half weeks ago against the Suns that dropped the season high 42 points, like that was the guy the Lakers needed in game one. I think had they got that version of him, they would be up 2-0 right now. Uh, but it really wasn't an offensive mentality thing because – I mean, the Suns, for as good as they are, I really like them. I think had they not been matched up with the Lakers, they, they could have potentially made a conference finals run. And who knows, maybe they still can. Um, but I just don't love the defensive matchups against LeBron and AD for them in this series. You know, I, I just don't think that um, for as good as Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton are, um, I just think LeBron and AD have massive physical advantages against those guys. And we haven't really seen LeBron tap into his driving game, um, you know, I, I know his, his points in the paint are down about 50% from where they were in the regular season in, in terms of his percentage of scoring. So we, we haven't even seen that version of LeBron yet. He's basically been a jump shooter. Uh, but, but even so, he's shooting 44% on threes right now uh, through the first two games. So uh, I think for, for the Lakers, it was just getting those guys more involved in the offense. Uh, I'm not really sure uh, why they didn't feel the need to do that in game one. Um, but with their backs against the wall, you know, I think facing probably a must win, you didn't want to go down 0-2, um, they, they responded. And I think they, they looked a lot better in game two. I, I, would, I would agree um, that the mentality was a, was, was a big thing. Okay, so what is the counterpunch that the Suns have, other than maybe Chris Paul being healthier? I mean, that, that's, the, that's the swing factor to me. Like, if, if Chris Paul isn't healthy, I felt... Um, you know, honestly, the, the Lakers, again, kind of down the stretch of game two, similar to game one, went cold. Uh, and, and they had that 1-7-0 run from LeBron and AD that, that sealed the game. But they had several stretches in that fourth quarter where they couldn't really score. The problem for Phoenix was that they couldn't score either. And I, I just think looking at this roster uh, in, in terms of shot creation and, and shot making, um, you know, yes, they're a good three-point shooting team. We haven't really seen that from them yet. So I, I think there's some regression to the mean there where you know, they, they've been missing a bunch of open threes, and I think that's going to change in the next game or two where we're going to see the Suns hit like 15, 20 threes and, and kind of bounce back to more of the team they are. But if they don't have Chris Paul, I just don't think that they have the, the uh, requisite 
shot making to keep up with the Lakers, especially back at home at Staples Center. The, the crowd's going to be juiced tonight. You know, it's the first Laker home game um, for, for a playoff game in, in eight years. So I think Lakers are going to feed off that energy. And, and if Chris Paul is not healthy, which he has not looked healthy you know, clearly since the shoulder injury, um, I just don't see what Phoenix can really do offensively to keep up. Um, I, I think defensively, we'll, we'll, we'll probably see some doubling. They've been trying to play AD and LeBron one-on-one, but I, I think at this point, with the way the Lakers are shooting, again, you know, they're shooting 29% on threes. Um, if I'm Phoenix, I'm aggressively doubling, shading over, and, and having those backside rotations, just trusting, like, Lakers aren't making threes. And, and it, maybe they burn you and, and, and hit a few. But, um, I mean, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and Wes Matthews right now are one for 19 on threes in the, uh, in the series. Like, I'm letting those guys shoot. And, and again, maybe you get burned and, and then you adjust. But for, for me right now, it's we got to shut down LeBron and AD and – if these role players beat us, so be it. But I don't think they can. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, what about Drummond? He was much better in Game Two than in Game One. They tried, tried to use Marcus Sol down the stretch. He hit one three, but he just can't move. Um, how do they use their big guys in concert with Andre with uh, um, with with AD here coming down the stretch? It's tough because um, I know Laker fans have been clamoring for Mark Gasol to, to play more, and I'm I've been in that camp as well. I just think, as you just said, like Phoenix targeted him so much in, in pick and rolls, and, and really exposed his lack of lateral quickness. And even in his prime, he wasn't the quickest guy, but he could at least move his feet somewhat, you know, and, and had some physicality there. But um, I think Phoenix was smart to try and play him off the floor because offensively, I, th- I thought it looked great. You know, Mark hit a couple threes, uh, moved the ball, spaced the floor, and I think that's the biggest advantage he-, he gives the Lakers right now is just Andre Drummond and Montrose Harrell are paint-bound guys who are always posting up in the dunker spot uh, around the low block, and you just see the driving lanes aren't the same when the Lakers are going with two centers, you know, kind of around the paint versus having a guy like Mark spacing the floor. So I think he did help offensively, but probably as much as he helped offensively, he, he took away defensively. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers stick with that just because they won with that formula. But um, you know, if he does get exposed again, maybe they go to a quick hook and, and go to 80 at the five more or go back to Montrose Harrell. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with, with Drummond, the, the thing with him is you just don't want him posting up. Uh, you know, the, the post-ups are uh, a bit of an eyesore. He, he's a guy who you know, will dribble the ball off his foot or get stripped on the way up. But with him, it's, it's got to be simple decisions. And it's offensive rebounds, it's duck-ins, it's seals, um, it's, it's drive and dump-offs. Like Those are the ways Andre Drummond can be successful in the Lakers' offense, and I, I think you saw that more in Game 2. Um, so for him, it's just, hey, you've you got to be physical, you got to battle DeAndre Ayton, push him around in the paint, get some offensive rebounds, and then every now and then you, you'll get a layup. And um, that, that's kind of his role with the team right now. You know who did the best on DeAndre Ayton was was Caruso with Anthony Davis coming over from the weak side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that was a big play, um, and that you know that actually uh, was right after they had gotten a shot clock violation, which I thought was was going to be a pivotal thing. Um, where you know I think some of the I just wrote about it, like the Lakers three point shooting was an issue last season that they somehow won kind of in spite of it, but this season again it's kind of rearing its head where Phoenix is just packing the paint and saying shoot like we, we don't care about your shooters. And uh, they actually got a shot clock violation because no one wanted to shoot. And then they come back and, and AD gets that block. So that, that was a huge momentum swing that I, I think kind of triggered that 7-0 run. Um, what's the level of concern with the Lakers? Not against the Suns, but again, the attrition of 
Because it can work both ways. One, these guys haven't played together a ton, so they do need to play, but there's also a limit to how much they want to play as you get deeper into the playoffs. What's the level of concern with the number of games that may pile up? I think the, the concern is actually low right now because, uh, you know, personally looking at the next series, I think playing a Denver or a Portland is easier than playing a Phoenix. I mean, I, I don't think that's a, that's a hot take. Like, the, the, those, you know, those two teams had worse records than Phoenix. Um, so, you know, I, I think especially if Portland wins, uh, you know, Lakers have, have matched up very well against Portland. You know, they, they just beat them in five games last postseason. Uh, they almost beat them without LeBron in Portland in that game that basically decided that the sixth seed. So I think that the Lakers, you know, are, are like looking at those two matchups of next round of like, you know, we're going to beat whoever we, we might sweep them or, or beat them in five games. Like we're not afraid of Denver or Portland. I mean, they also beat Denver in five games, obviously, in, in the West Conference Finals last year. So they're looking at that second round matchup as probably an easy matchup for them. I mean, in terms of just those teams not really being able to guard and, and match up with the Lakers defensively. Um, so, I, and then looking at the conference finals, you know, we, we've been always talking about the Battle of LA, but you know, Clippers are not looking like they're going to get out of the first round. So now I think the Lakers catch a break where where they're probably facing Utah or Dallas, which will, will probably be their toughest series. But I, again, I, I don't I don't think it presents the same problems that the Clippers could have with Kawhi and PG. So um, I think that the West playoff bracket might actually be breaking in the Lakers favor right now you, you got the Chris Paul injury I think you got a second round easier matchup and then their biggest threat arguably might get knocked out in round one so um, you know the finals of course it would be tough against whoever comes out of the east but um, I don't think the Lakers are actually concerned right now I, th- I think they're probably feeling more optimistic than anything it's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio Yovan Buha covers the Lakers for the athletic Yovan thanks so much for joining us really appreciate it appreciate it Doug talk to you soon you know it's 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 um it's interesting, guys, because one, he's right, obviously. The the other teams hadn't won as many games. It does come down to matchups, but you run the possibility. Portland's a team I think they respect and they're better and healthier this year, but still usually a good matchup. Usually a good matchup for the Lakers, right? Who on who on Portland's gonna guard if you're gonna guard A D, then you gotta guard LeBron. They're just not built for it. The team that's built to guard them is the Clippers. But the Clippers might not get there. They're down two games to none. Yes, Kevin. I also think it's interesting because before the playoffs, we were talking about how the Lakers were not getting any of the breaks they got last year, and now it seems like it's turning in their favor. Well, we'll see. They got to win. You know, you got to win a game and 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 keep that home court advantage. If they keep the home court advantage, then yeah, then it's a. I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. It it becomes an easy. Um. It bec- it becomes an easy argument to make that, yeah, now it's going in their favor. But we're all making the assumptions they beat Phoenix. And even though they played very, very well defensively and Anthony Davis was amazing, that was a close game, one in which they trailed with like four, to- four minutes to go. Makes you wonder if Chris Paul was actually healthy, yeah. right? How much of a different series this could be. I guess we'll find, guess we'll find out. Um, be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. 
What's up, everyone? It's me, three-time NFL All-Pro Sean Marion, and I have a new sports podcast called The Lights Out Podcast with Sean Marion. This podcast is special to me as I get a chance to talk to some of the best who've ever done it on the field or the track. So whether it's talking to a Super Bowl champion or a NASCAR Cup Series champion, The Lights Out Podcast will bring it to you the only way I know how to. I'm giving you the best insight from the best who've ever done it. Listen to Lights Out with Sean Merriman on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day, man. Memorial Day weekend, unofficial start to summer. Should be fun. Should be fun. Let's get to uh, Deb Carson in the press. The press. 
Deb, what do you got? All right, we're going to start with Tiger Woods. Haven't heard a lot from him since his crash, but he did talk about his rehab and says that this rehab is more painful than anything he's ever experienced. He said this is an entirely different animal. I understand more of the rehab processes because of my past injuries, but this was more painful than anything I would have, I have ever experienced. Says my physical therapy has been keeping me busy. I do my routines every day and I'm focused on my number one goal right now walking on my own, taking it one step at a time. And uh, he wouldn't comment on any potential timeline for playing. Says his current mindset is just strengthening the leg that went through a trauma. A lot of folks have compared to that which NFL quarterback Alex Smith went through back in 2018. Obviously, he hasn't had all the infections and things like that subsequent that uh, Smith had yet. But says a lot when he's just focusing on walking. Yeah, I just want to walk again, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a hard one. I just want to walk again. Wow. You know? Yeah. So I I obviously, uh, I mean, I don't think he'll play high-level competitive golf anymore, but, you know, I'd like to be wrong. I'd very much like to be wrong. I just hope he enjoys his life, honestly. I mean, he's, he's had such a crazy success, but after seeing that crash scene and, and what could have been the results, uh, you know, having compound fractures in his leg is the least of what could have happened. So wishing him all the best, obviously. But it, yeah, it would, be, it would be amazing to see him play again. All right, moving on to the NFL. Daniel Jones says it's on all of us to improve on offense. He says it's on all 11 guys to do their job every play. That's how we're going to make big plays if everyone is doing their job. It's not on one person more than the other. It's about everyone executing together as a unit. That's how we're going to create explosive plays. Yep. To be a productive offense. Yeah. Who is that? Daniel Jones. <laughs> that would Who be, is that? <laughs> how about we don't, how we don't turn the football over? <laughs> well, that would be helpful. And he yeah. gets his running back back this year. Hopefully, uh, Barkley will be good, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, let, let's, let, let's, let's not turn the football over. He is a, I mean, when he had, when he had Barkley, Sa- Saquon Barkley, he was turning the football over. Let's just try not to turn the football over, baby. Personal foul. <laughs> All right, uh, staying with the NFL, Rayshon Jenkins on Tim Tebow. He's just another guy. Jenkins said, I met him briefly, just in the locker room. So really, he's just a really good guy from what I can tell. But I don't look at it as Tebow or anybody else who's right here. I just look at it as, what do I need to do on this play? It doesn't matter what number the jersey is or whoever's right there in front of me. So I'm just going to try to focus on my work and work on my toolbox and work on my craft. You That's can... pretty cool. <laughs> he says, you can get starstruck around here. It's the business. I played with numerous superstars. I can name a listful, but we're all friends at the end of the day. We're all co-workers at the end of the day. Are you not entertained? We're all co-workers at the end of the day. <laughs> what is he talking about? Co- I, I... Co-workers in the locker room. <laughs> huh. Yeah, he's... Got it. I, I, yeah, I don't even know where he's going with, with any of that stuff, mm-hmm. but that is... Mm. Uh, that is fascinating nonetheless. I, I get it. Like he's just he's just a guy though, by the way, is not actually a term of of endearment or respect. No. When you call somebody a jag, you go they're just a guy, it means they're not really all that good. But um Right. You know, um I he, I, I do think in this case he was trying to say he wasn't he's not some superstar guy who big times people. Right. But I don't know if it came across the way he wanted to come across. All right, right. 
Right. All right, moving to tennis, Naomi Osaka says she won't speak to the media at the French Open. And uh, actually, she said she's not going to uh, be there for media availabilities. In a social media post, Osaka, a four-time Grand Slam champ, says that she is taking the unusual step as a way to preserve her mental health. Quote, we're often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times before or asked questions that bring doubt into our minds, and I'm just not going to subject myself to people that doubt me, end quote. She also compared the media's questioning of athletes after a loss to kicking a person while they're down. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I don't get it. I don't want to answer the questions after I lose because they make me feel bad about me. I don't know. I I don't know the media can make you feel bad about you. I I just, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. If they're, if you're already having a rough day, they can make, you know, they can, you know, exacerbate that certainly, but uh, you just say, Hey, I'm having a rough day. Then then, then the answer is I was having a rough day. I didn't play well. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that never. Gets the, I don't want to answer questions because somebody might ask me a question that'll make me feel bad. Like it's all how you handle. Like you're a 23 year old woman who's been incredibly successful. And the answer is like, I think I know what I'm doing. I had a bad day. I'd like to do better next time. Like you don't have to give. You don't have to go super deep if you don't want to. And I don't think that most people, especially tennis, um, tennis reporters, are so deep diving that they intend to give you a complex. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like something her therapist said, told her. I, well, my therapist said that I shouldn't take tough questions because it puts me in a negative space. <laughs> oh, okay. Then write a big check and don't take the questions. Um, All right. NBA news. Of course, we had a couple of apologies from teams today. The Knicks apologizing to Hawks star Trey Young after learning a fan spat on him during last night's game at Madison Square Garden. They've uh, also banned the fan from the garden indefinitely. That guy is not a season uh, ticket holder. The one who threw popcorn or dumped popcorn, I guess is more accurate, on Russell Westbrook is a season ticket holder. Holder, I should say was, because he's had his membership revoked. 76ers apologized to Westbrook after the aforementioned dumping of popcorn on his head. They've also banned the fan indefinitely from Wells Fargo Center. And isn't spitting on somebody, isn't that assault? I mean, technically, I guess, wouldn't popcorn, any anytime you throw something or hit somebody. It could be, a, it could be assault. Uh, I yeah. mean, it could be assault. I mean, just imagine you're in the clink. You're like, what are you locked up for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I beat up three cops. What are you in for? Like, I done popcorn on Russell Westbrook? <laughs> Put that coffee down. Could it coffee be assault? Yeah, it could be, but I don't know if... The spitting, I don't know if you sure. Wanna, yeah, I mean, the spitting is just, just gross. Gross. Right? Really gross. Like, hey, dude, by the way, why didn't other Knicks fans kick his ass? If he legitimately loogied on him, like, hey, bud, we've been... If you go to sporting events before, there's been like glass partitions. We're trying to, you know what? You know what will keep glass partitions up? The idiot who spits on said star basketball player. You, my friend, are said idiot. Got to coordinate. And Doug, that is the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Yeah, who spits on somebody? Oh man, who throws a shoe? Yeah. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> you know. The one thing is, you're like, no, 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 I was just yelling, and I happened to have spit. Like, I don't know. Look to if you picks it up on camera, it's <laughs> pretty minutes. thick there, bud. All right, tonight you got Bucks Heat game three. 
The Bucks lead two games to I none. Like the Bucks. You do you? Yeah. You like the Bucks to end them? Yeah. I mean, essentially ends the series. Hey, Gavin, you you got to lean on the Bucks Heat. I uh, I had a future ticket on the Heat, so I am really hoping that they can pull this out. But uh, Suns Lakers Lakers are a seven point favorite. Ramos. Oh uh, yeah, Lakers at home. The fans are they gonna? Yeah, no Chris Paul. I'm a skip today. No Chris Paul's playing. Oh, he is. He's probably. Oh, he is. Okay. I still like the Lakers. Well, Chris Paul's not 100. percent What is it? What would you give him? Like 40? percent I have no. He idea. He can't even shoot, Doug. Can I have no idea. I have no idea. Hey, listen. Welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, Nuggets Blazers. You guys got a lean? Oh man. Wasn't this the series that went to six overtimes a few years ago? Yeah. The smart pick is the Bucks. I mean, excuse me, is the Heat as a home dog. Backs against the wall. They win a game. Over-under is 224. Over-under on Lakers-Suns is only 212. They think it'll be a lower-scoring game. Nuggets-Blazers, over-under is 227. The Blazers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I like the Blazers in that one. I like the Blazers and... Ooh, I like the over. I like the under in Lakers-Suns. And I, I, I do like the Lakers in that game. But I like the Heat as home dogs. The Heat as home dogs tonight. All right, those are my picks. We'll see how they do and be back with you tomorrow on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.